0: Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. You are listening to On the Environment, a podcast series from the Yale Center for Environmental Law and Policy. For more information, visit the website at envirocenter.yale.edu. My name is Joanna Dafoe, a research assistant at the Center, and I'm in the studio today with Dr. Daniel Yergin to discuss his recent book, The Quest, Energy, Security, and the Remaking of the Modern World. Dr. Jürgen has been described as one of the most influential authorities on energy, international politics, and economics. He received the Pulitzer Prize for his book, The Prize, the Epic Quest for Oil, Money, and Power, and has received the United States Energy Award for Lifelong Achievements in Energy and the Promotion of International Understanding. Dr. Jürgen, thank you for joining us today. It's a
1: pleasure to be here.
0: In your previous book, The Prize, you examine the history of oil and its relationship to business and politics, whereas in The Quest, you explore the future of energy systems and security. What motivated you to turn your focus from the history of oil to the future of energy and security?
1: I think there were two things. One was a sense of uh, how much had happened since I published the, the prize. The climate change wasn't on the agenda. Uh, renewables were struggling for life. Uh, 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 you just go down the the list. China was an oil exporter. They're whole different things. The other thing is, I really wanted to see how all these things fit together in a comparative framework, how they related to each other, and uh, and to do it in a narrative way to sort of understand where we are now and where we may be going. And so, it, it's a, it the book was still written in a in a narrative. S- s- Way that the prize is written, but it's it's a sort of multiple n- narratives that kind of shape a, a tapestry mm. of how our energy future may develop.
0: And so the book is now about to enter its third year in publication, and I'm curious to know what have been some of the most surprising or encouraging well, it's reactions. Actually the s- second year, oh, I mean, second, second year, year. Okay. yes, yeah. and,
1: uh, and the new edition came out just a, a few months ago the, in the paperback edition. Uh, but there's been plenty of surprises. You never know, you know, when you write a book and the timing. The book came out uh, after the Fukushima nuclear accident, after the uh, uh, Arab upheaval in the Middle East, and both of events kind of, uh, kind of as happens, surprises that change, mega directions in energy. But uh, one surprising reaction was uh, getting a phone call saying that uh, Bill Gates. Wanted to interview me for his website about the quest, and so uh, we did a, a interview that's still on his website. A discussion back and forth, and the interest he took in the book was uh, was really both gratifying but also f- very interesting to see, you know, the the kind of the the powerful mind he brought to bear on these set of issues. I'd say another one was the publication in China. I ended up spending two weeks in China on the publication, and the interest in the book there was so intense. In fact, just uh, two months ago, it was a number one book on the kind of world economy subject, uh, bestseller in China, and the interest that the Chinese have taken in it because energy is so integral to their economic development, to their integration with the world. So those are just some of the uh, reactions uh, that have, uh, have surprised me.
0: Great. Yeah, I'm looking at the back of the quest here, and we have Bill Gates saying that this is a fantastic book as a quote. Right. So, I guess the shifting focus to um, the, the international climate change process, this is sort of a multilateral environmental effort that is of great interest to me. And I'm curious to know from you um, two questions. First, how you anticipate modern energy developments and politics to influence the international climate change effort through the united nations framework convention on climate change and secondly if what your evaluation is generally of international climate efforts
1: well i was you know because climate is such an integral part of the energy story today i set out i was going to write one chapter on a question that i found very interesting how did climate change go from being of interest to a handful of scientists in the 19th century who basically were motivated by a fear that the ice age was going to come back and the glaciers were going to obliterate civilization, to of course where it is today, where it's uh, so central to any discussion about energy and energy policy. So I ended up writing six chapters because there are these great personalities and these great stories, and I learned a lot in terms of doing it. I think I come away thinking that it's going to be very hard to get a, a you know, a, a, a meaningful international agreement It's too complex. Interests are too different. Uh, Economic stages of development are too different. And so it may well be more like parallelism among different countries in terms of the policies uh, that they pursue. But it's surprising if you look, you say, what's been the biggest growth in terms of energy, electricity, uh, in terms of energy since the start of the new century— and coal is ten times greater than renewables, just in the, in the terms of the incremental growth. So it's a bigger, more complicated picture, and it isn't just about what happens, obviously, in the developed countries, but it's what happens in the emerging markets.
0: One of um, one, a question that a colleague of mine wanted to pose to you. Uh, it's a hypothetical question, but he wanted me to ask you that if you had a billion dollars per year of no-strings-attached money to spend to address energy and climate challenges, how would you spend it? And how would you leverage that money to deliver the most impact?
1: Well, I once had a billion dollars <laughs> to do that. No, because I actually headed a task force in energy R&D for the Department of uh, U.S. Department of Energy during the Clinton administration, trying to kind of set up a pram- framework for that. And I think probably a billion dollars isn't enough. I mean, it, you know, the research budget... It needs to be several billion dollars more, and I think it's perhaps the most important thing to do. It recognizes that it takes time for things to move from research to uh, to having implementation. It doesn't happen overnight. I think I do it on a on a broad, you know, just on a broad base because, you know, the reason you do R&D is because you don't know. That's why it's R&D. So I don't think there's a single thing that you can do. You have to look at the capacity of the system to absorb the money as well. But I think to know that scientists, researchers can build careers around these questions and aren't going to spend 70 percent of their time having to worry about funding would be a real contribution to addressing the energy needs that we have in the 21st century.
0: A related question that I'm inspired to ask in light of the UN Secretary General's Sustainable Energy for All campaign is to inquire, to ask what role advanced economies have in spurring innovation for renewables in developing countries
1: uh i think that is a uh big question because you know and there've been you know there's debate you need a certain density of energy consumption obviously solar remote locations can be very uh you know a big contribution uh wind you know it it, it a lot of it depends upon the location there is a fair you know amount of resources and effort that now goes into trying to stimulate it. another is biofuels, although the obstacles have turned turned out to be uh, bigger. Uh, one contribution and this is more advanced developing countries is to get a more uh, energy efficient infrastructure in uh, earlier. but you know you do need uh, you know countries need electrification that means grids.
0: One of the challenges for efficiency is obviously expressed in the transportation sector. Um, And so a related question is also, to what extent can oil consumption in the transportation sector be replaced by low-carbon alternatives?
1: Uh, That's one of the big questions uh, in the latter part of the uh, quest, really ask the question, what kind of cars are people going to be driving 10 or 20 years from now? And it's, you know, you've just seen over the last uh, eight years waves of conviction that it's one thing, waves of conviction that it's another thing. And that, you know, biofuels was the hot one a few years, say eight years ago. Then four or five years ago was the electric car. We've seen a lot of progress, but it's still extremely early days. It takes a long time in the advanced countries to turn over the uh, automobile fleet. Um, Natural gas is now talked about more as a fuel. But I think two things that will really have an impact, two related things. One is I think we'll continue to see more hybridization of the automobile fleet, more electricity in the fleet but in the form of uh, hybrids. And the other thing is that we're going to have automobiles be uh, much more energy efficient. And that's a huge contribution. That's why we've already seen peak oil demand in the United States. The demand's going to go down. But we had our conference a couple of weeks ago with the uh, and did an interview, just disc- dialogue with the CEO of General Motors, and you know they know they're they're going to meet those targets, uh, b- but they also want to create cars that people want, and so that's a- another challenge because people want more features in their cars. That also uh, adds to the consumption. But he's you know, but it's a big technological challenge to get there. But I think the industry is uh, you know is focused on doing that, and I think they're h- hoping that they're customers, the market cooperates with them in terms of the vehicles they want.
0: Thank you for your insights, Dr. Jurgen. In part two of our podcast, we'll turn our focus to energy politics and the new world of oil.